Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Nice. Caught by it Green. Is. It is a yeah. touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that is about to wave goodbye to 2019 and head into 2020 with some sort of momentum, I guess, after a uh, 30 points to 23 victory over the Cleveland Browns yesterday, which meant that we tied the, the franchise uh, record, well, the worst franchise record in history with a 2-14 and 14 uh, finish. Uh, joining me to talk about Christmas and how everything is, where we stand, what we're doing, uh, is as ever uh, my partner in crime. He's not here sitting right beside me in the sewing room because I'm not in the sewing room. Neither of us in the sewing room this week. I am at my parents' house still trying to finish off and hoover up all the Christmas leftovers, which I'm making a pretty good job of, I have to say. Uh, the naked podcast let me tell you is not going to look too good from my angle i think to be honest but um uh but joining me on the line thousands of miles away is nathan palmer nathan are you there i am indeed paul hey how you doing over there in london you uh you, you enjoyed the christmas festivities i have indeed yeah it was good we ate well we drank well i'm continuing to eat well and i plan on not stopping to uh not stopping on eating well to be honest with you but i got i've got it because i've got to get in shape for this naked podcast at the end of end of uh, january how are you where are you more to the point of and have i got to have a word with our hr department again <laughs> i'm in los angeles at the moment out seeing the wife's family i'm currently walking through a very sort of suburban um neighborhood just out of starbucks get myself a coffee very nice get myself a bagel it's like 8am eh? you dragged out of bed for this <laughs> not for the first time it has to be said um no i'm kidding um what's la like are you because obviously it's cold and miserable it's not actually wet here in the midlands but uh i would imagine it's a lovely beautiful sunny day out there isn't it well it's not too bad it's, it's not it's probably about 15 degrees a little bit of chilly in the evening but yes. yeah it's a nice 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 to see the sun and the sea and you know enjoy christmas a different way Absolutely, but you spent Christmas in the UK, right? But you went off on Boxing Day, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. I had Christmas Day with a family in, uh, down in uh, good old Essex, and then flew out on Boxing Day out to the states. I'm just a climb sizing to the jet lag, hence why you know I'm up at like seven thirty in the morning. <laughs> there, you know, disgusting times to be awake, Paul. Disgusting. I know. It's like you, it's like well, what, what time do you normally get up in the UK? You know what I mean? It's it's normal, isn't it? Like on the weekend, when I'm not working, mate, I'm up at 10 in the morning. Oh, yeah, right, okay. So you're not... Um, I what time do you get? You, I, I think you're I, an early bird, are you? Well, I used to enjoy an odd lion, but as you get older and you reach my decrepit age, you kind of realise that your body clock is unshakable and immovable, so... Yeah, I tend to get it. Doesn't matter what day it is now. I tend to get up at about oh, seven, eight o'clock, and that's me done. I'm, I, even if I want to lie in, I'm not very. I can't do it. I just can't do it anymore. It's ridiculous. Just can't do it, mate. Can you? I just can't do anything these days. Um, listen, we've got a lot to talk about, haven't we? Because uh, we missed. Obviously, we we put out our Christmas episode uh, before the that crazy Miami game where everyone was kind of. Uh, thrilled with the comeback after a really awful kind of three and a half quarters, and then but equally they were tearing their hair out because they thought they were going to blow the number one pick. How were you during that uh, ridiculous comeback in Miami? Do you know I was literally probably I reckon in the five percent of people at the end of that game, there was like let's just win this, let's just win it, and like you look at it now, like all the fans you know willingness to lose that game. Even with one of the most fantastic comebacks ever in the NFL, you know, 16 points at the end of that game to tie up, you know, recovering an onside kick. I've not seen the Bengals do that, I don't think, as a fan. Yeah, yeah. And you look at it now, it's like, with the Dolphins beating the Patriots, we could have won that game. So for everyone that was sat there like, oh, no, we don't want this to happen, we don't want this to happen, what was the point of that? 
Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I know we wanted to go. I know we want to get the first overall pick, but it's, it's moments like that. If we'd gone on and beat the Dolphins in, in overtime, you know, and had the crowd behind us, you know, that's a win that you, you remember for the ages. You know, coming back 16 points down, the game was over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, the commentators are basically signing off, and you come back and win it. That's, just, that's the whole point of being a fan. Get down the team. Like, you know, the Dolphins beat the Patriots, we've got the number one pick anyway. You know, life's too short. It is, it is. And I have to say, I was rooting for the team to win, even though it defied all the populist uh, opinion out there and the bedroom analysts going crazy over Burrow and whatnot. We'll talk about Joe Burrow in a little while because uh, uh, he had a quiet weekend, didn't he? Um, but uh, let's talk about the Browns game because uh, I think, you know, a lot of the guys came out in the locker room and Zach came out and kind of said it was our. Uh, most complete game of the season and you, you couldn't really disagree with that they played pretty well in all phases yesterday I think the defence especially looked really really strong I think they're just they're just playing pretty much the same defence you know minus a few players like Preston Brown and stuff that have gone down but it's pretty much the same team that has played throughout the season I just think it exemplifies what playing with confidence can do because you know when when they were playing these sort of cuts and sort of shots of them throughout the game they just looked like they were having fun they looked like they were motivated they looked like they were cheating each other up and I just that can be all the difference in games like that yeah absolutely and I think there is a sense that Anarumu has finally got his kind of act together knows what he's doing knows what he's got he's got his most of the players fit and healthy Carl Lawson has made a huge difference at defensive end when he's been fit uh, Darius Phillips obviously is having a fantastic uh, late season surge. Uh, he's been injured for for large parts of the year, and he wasn't given a chance earlier on. And yet he uh, he came down with two interceptions yesterday. Um, you know, Jermaine Pratt has looked the part. He there was a fantastic TFL yesterday, um, and he he looks to be actually Jermaine Pratt surprised me. He wasn't quite the player that I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be this athletic guy. Not that he's not athletic, but he's bigger than I thought. He plays bigger than I ever thought. He's a really good tackler, and I think he could be that perfect kind of middle linebacker that we're well, not necessarily crying out for, but we are now with the release of Preston Brown. He seems to be reliable. He seems to be on it. He makes plays. Uh, he's, he's certainly coming on, and and you know, once you've got Lawson rushing off one end, you know, Dunlap can get to work on the other and Sam Hubbard's playing well, Josh Tupu's playing well, Billings and of course Gino. And you're right, confidence breeds confidence, doesn't it really? It's a different ball game, uh, Yeah. when you I mean, I'm excited plays. I'm excited to see I'm excited to see some of those players come on next year and that's what we really need. It's like you, know, you need Darius Phillips next year to take that next step. We need, yeah. um, you know, Jesse Bates again to come on a bit more next year. You know, we need Jermaine Pratt to take a step forward. I think that's really desperately what we need to see next season to really get that defence, you know, into a sort of top ten unit. Now we're not going to launch into kind of the state of play too much in this episode. Uh, we're not going to launch into kind of a breakdown of position groups in this episode. We're not going to. Can I even cast our mind forward too much in the seven? Because the, the, there's still a lot to talk about in the season today. The Monday, Monday, the 30th of uh, December. It's it's kind of the day of the long knives in the NFL. Pat Shermer has already been uh, fired. Freddie Kitchens has already gone. Uh, the, uh, the head coach carousel has already whirred into life. Uh, we're not expecting too much from... Uh, the Bengals, to be honest with you, because they, I think they kind of see that there has been an improvement, and whether you like it or not, I do think that you know all, you know most, if not all, of that coaching staff will be there next year. But we can talk about that at a later date. But back to the Browns, it was significant in many ways, not least because they ended a ended a pretty wretched year on a high, but because it was it was likely to be Andy Dalton's last game in stripes how did you feel uh, I felt quite emotional actually leading up to the game Not again I, I sort of preface it by saying I've never been Dalton's biggest fan as a player but um, you know reading all the stuff Jay Morrison of The Athletic did a fantastic thing when he, where he canvassed a lot of uh, teammates and coaches 
in the locker room to tell them stories about Andy that perhaps us fans uh, wouldn't have heard before. And there was some lovely stuff in there. And I don't think it's ever in doubt that he was a good guy and what he's done with his foundation and for the city and the fact that he's grown up. You know, he's he was engaged, I think, when he first came to Cincinnati now. He has three kids, he's married. You know, it's, it's a significant part of his life in Cincinnati. And that whole kind of changing the guard is always a weird thing. It could go one way like it did with Carson Palmer quite acrimoniously. Uh, but with Dalton, you sense that it's not uh, going to be that way. It's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be an easy uh, transition, shall I say. But how did you feel... Uh, sorry, have you gone swimming by any chance? You sound as though you're underwater all of a sudden. Say again, son. No, <laughs> you went a bit uh, choppy and wobbly there, which uh, my stomach is at the moment after all this Christmas food. But um, well, how were you feeling about Dalton yesterday? It was an emotional build-up. Uh, what were your thoughts, Nathan? I just, you know, it's it's going to be sad. You know, and you'd love Andy Dalton to probably, you know, be probably twenty percent. You know, more of a player than I guess he is now, and that you could potentially keep him a slightly longer because you couldn't wish for a more model, you know, person to represent your franchise at that position. And you know, Dawn's still got a couple of years left in the tank. I think he's thirty-two. You know, you could realistically, with you know, the age quarterback thing to go to now, realistically get another sort of comfortable three or four years out of him. But I think we all know, you know, the writing on the wall a little bit with this. You know, you've got the number one overall pick. You've got a sort of generational quarterback prospect in Joe Burrow sat there, you know, ripe for picking. So I think for the Bengals, you, you've got to move on. I think Andy Dalton's a professional. He understands that. He understands the fan base. He's sort of calling out for, you know, some fresh legs, some new faces. And, yeah, for me, how I feel, it's a shame. I mean, Dalton's been there a long time. You know, you move on. But, yeah, it's, you know, I wish Andy did nothing but the best. And he's a class act, a good player. He's brought a lot of success to this team. We've had some really good fun years throughout the uh, 2010s watching him play. So, yeah, I wish him the best. And, um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see where, we, where he actually winds up. Yeah, absolutely. There's already speculation uh, around <coughs> Bengals fans where Andy Dalton could end up. And, of course, how... How is how it it's still going to play out? You know how it's going to. Well, are they going to trade him? Are they going? Is there any way that he's back in Cincinnati next year? Any way at all? The only way I think that I don't think they'll do anything with him until after the draft, because you want to just see during the draft for a start. You know, teams won't want to make a move for him until they know what they've got in the draft. So I don't think he'll really go anywhere between now and then. The only way I could see it in any way is if someone like Miami, who has stockpiled every draft pick under the sun, and they've got three first-rounders, two second-rounders, uh, they've got 14 total picks. If they literally came to us and said, look, we'll give you all these first-round picks, all these second-round picks next year's for just an absurd offer, because they thought, you know, Burrow was worth that, and they were willing to sort of mortgage the house for it, then... Then maybe if the Bengals took that offer, but I, I, I think even if the Bengals got like a disproportionately good deal in something like that, I still think it would cause cause complete riots within the fan base. I mean, I say odds of Dalton being back are probably around the one to the one to five percent mark. What would you say, Paul? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a safe way of doing it. Wait till the draft, see what. Uh, I mean, you have to you have to kind of uh, think about. If, like you say, if Miami comes to you, I think it could only be Miami because of that amount of picks, actually. If they came to you and kind of mortgaged the house and said, look, have, have everything, we just want Burrow, then you then you do listen and there's a conversation to be had, I think. Um, but... Well, because Miami's got a top six pick as well, so you get that. I think they have yeah, other yeah. picks, like number 16, and then they've got the Texans pick. So the Texans, I think, are picking around the sort of probably picking around the sort of mid-twenties, depending on how their playoff performances go. So, I mean, you know, you get their two second-round picks, you get their first-round pick in the year after, you would look at that, and I know obviously everyone got mad at this, but you could build a hell of a roster, you know, out of those picks if you use them wisely. Yes, um, you could. But I just can't see, I just can't see at this stage the Bengals would delve into that. 
Well, you never know. It is the Bengals, and that's one of, well, is the reason why I haven't gone overboard on personally the the Burrow hype <coughs> thing because you just do not know what's going to happen. Um, no, I agree. Um, now, do I think we should take Burrow? Yes, I've said it once before, and I'll say it again. Absolutely, but you just don't know what's going to happen to the ref. What if Miami do come to you uh, and give you like the earth? Uh, it is worth a conversation, I think. But anyway, we'll get onto that later on, no doubt. Could, could you see? Could you see Dalton in any way, shape, or form coming back to mentor Burrow, and maybe Dalton starts the year at quarterback, a bit like how the Bengals did it before with John Kittner and Carson Palmer, and then you know maybe midway through the season, if you know things aren't shaking out the way the Bengals hope, then maybe you sort of bring Burrow in, or do you think there's a chance of that, or do you think it's just not yeah, worth paying Dalton well, you know, yeah. top start and money to sit on the bench? Well, there is that, isn't there? I mean, if you're going to do it, it's it, now's the time to do it. As I say, the stars have sort of aligned <coughs> for us, really, and, you know, you know, in the worst but best possible way, you know. Um, the, the fact is, do you, do you want to pay a backup quarterback $17 million when you're in the middle of a rebuild? And getting rid of Dalton yeah. will clear so much cap space, and getting rid of AJ Green, uh, for that matter, will get rid of so much cap space. And then suddenly you're presented with, you know, almost a blank canvas. Really, you're, you know, we've seen that Trey Hopkins has just signed a deal, a new deal, which is fantastic news. I think for us, he's been a real uh, bright spot on that offensive line this year. Perhaps, arguably, the only one. Um, so that's great for him. We've extended him. There's talk of, you know, that's talk going around. Joe Mixon says he wants to be a Bengal for life. Uh, and there's talk at the moment around Twitter that something might get done a year early. But who knows, you know. But the fact is, why are you going to pay a starting quarterback money to someone sitting on the bench, even though he'd be a fantastic mentor, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, you just get rid of so much cap space, you know. Um, and just to get someone in on their rookie deal, you just got to make sure that there are good players around him. That's all you've got to do. Make sure the line is much stronger. Make sure his skill positions are set, which they half are, I would say, or depending on what happens with AJ Green. But you know, no, I, you've got to. I think this is it. This is the time to do it. Although, there, I mean, there is an argument to do it, but I don't think it it makes sense financially, and it kind of makes no sense. In a roster sort of rebuild, either so. The, the, one, yeah. the one thing, the one thing I would say though on that topic is that <clears throat> if you do draft Burrow and you get rid of Andy, you've got to have someone in the quarterback room with a bit of experience. And I don't think, you know, Ryan Finley's a smart guy, he's a good guy. You know, I think he got a high score in the Wonderlick, and you know, but he's not got the experience to mentor Burrow. Um, you need to bring in a veteran, I think, next season, even if it's a journeyman. I mean, it's not going to be perfect. Brian Fitzpatrick. You know, he's been at the Bengals before, you know, very smart guys, but he's played with just about every NFL team there is. He would be someone that, you know, could put his arm around Burrow and say, look, you know, here's what we're going to do. Here's what I've learned from you know, my time around the league and really help bring him on. Because I think if you throw Joe Burrow into a quarterback room with Ryan Finley, Jake Dolagala, there's a real, real lack of experience in that room that will concern me a bit. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Well, bring in Philip Rivers. His time could be over in uh, San Diego, perhaps. You know, Mar Marcus Mariota is going to... There's going to be a huge... Not just head coach <coughs> carousel going on. There's going to be a huge quarterback carousel <coughs> going on. So, I, I just... Yeah, I agree. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. I have no idea how it's going to play out. But um, they... Hopefully, they've got a plan. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, okay, so going back to yesterday's game... Um, there were obviously quite a few positives and it's I think it's it's easy to get lulled into a false sense of security because the Bengals are very good at doing this um, having losing seasons and then winning the last game emphatically and giving everyone so much hope for the next year but I think there is hope I think you know you look at the way Mixon played yesterday he was sensational yeah absolutely I mean I think Joe Mixon's found a new gear in the second half of the season I think first half of the season he really struggled and whether that was the scheme or the offensive line or just himself you know after eight games he sort of stood there thinking you know what's going on here but the last eight you know if there was any doubt I think that's been well and truly quite I mean, he's been he's been running with power he's been running with speed his energy's great I think you know going into next season you know, with the park of the debate about the extension but going into next season 
you've got to be excited about that. He's still a young guy. You know, you, it's one position that you can just kick on the offense for next year, just kick it. You know, you plug him in. He's a good player. You know, he's probably right on that cusp of being a top 10 running back. Um, he's someone to build a team around. You know, he's a proven talent. And I think that's what we're going to need going into next year. Well, um, he's he finished the season sixth best among running backs in the AFC. This is a stat from Jeremy Rouch uh, from Fox 19. Uh, sixth best in the AFC, eighth best in the NFL, uh, 31 yards shy of last year's total, which is astonishing. When you again, let, 870 yard, sorry, 817 yards rushing in the final eight games. And 494 yards rushing in the final four games. The fact that he got to a thousand yards is frankly astonishing. When you look at not just his form, but the lines form and the offensive, well, the offensive side of the ball's form, full stop in the first half of the year. The fact that he got to a thousand yards is astonishing. Um, and the fact that he, you know, in these fa- final four half a dozen games. He's been absolutely brilliant. Is also astonishing. Something must have clicked, you know, and they did. You know, they changed scheme, opened things up. He started to get big success. And as you say earlier, it's not just the defense was playing with confidence, but as soon as Mixon got a few good games under his belt, off he went. He was it's good night, Vienna. You just cut out there, sorry. The last ten seconds went blank. <laughs> I just said, really, it's quite astonishing uh, when you look at his stats from earlier in the season. The fact that he got a thousand yards is amazing. And his stats in the second half of the season are just astonishing as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think we want, I want to see a full season out of Joe Mixon. I mean, the Bengals, you know, he played full 16 games this year. I think really, I think what he achieved the year before was more remarkable than this year, you know, not playing in two games and, you know, still being right up there in the rushing leaders. I think this year they used him heavily, you know, his yards per carry were down slightly, but there's no doubting his talent. There's absolutely no doubting his talent. I don't, I don't question that. But I want to see him do it over a full 16 games when we're in contention, you know, and not have any of those down spots. Because he's, there's no question going into next season, he's our feature back. You know, there's no one else that's going to challenge him. Giovanni Bernard's not going to challenge him for that. You know, neither is any of the other guys, you know, sitting behind him, like Trevion Williams, anyone like that. It's really his, it's his job. And next year, you want to see him get that 1,500 yards mark from scrimmage. You know, get, I want to see him a little bit more involved in the passing game. You know, you want to be seeing him getting 400, at least 400 yards, you know, out of the passing game. Really, you know, getting into that game plan. And I think where he struggled as well, to be honest, is the first half of that season, you know, really the passing game, they were sort of forced in the passing game. Dalton was throwing sort of all sorts of yards here and there. I think, you know, really they didn't sort of, ground themselves and really push that rushing attack so I think for next season you know really featuring strongly and hopefully you know he can he can move on to even better things absolutely and um, did you win your bet with Sam Ainger by the way I won it by about 100 yards yeah so just re- <laughs> what, what, just for people who don't know who Sam Ainger is he's one of uh, Bengals UK followers uh, and you'll hear him a lot more and read him a lot more during our draft coverage in a few months' time. Uh, what was your bet with Sam? So me and Sam had a bet at the start of the season. Um, I was questioning Mixon, and, you know, coming into this year, I said I wanted to see more of him, and Sam put me a bet that the next Bengals UK meet-up, the loser of this bet, would have to buy the other drinks all night. Um, and the bet was, would Joe Mixon surpass 1,500 yards from scrimmage? Um, so receiving yards, rushing yards throughout the year. I think he ended up on something like fourteen like early fourteen hundreds or late thirteen hundreds. It's tight though, it's bloody close at the end. So I, I guess you're not gonna be uh repeating that bet next year then. Would you be less confident? Ooh I would definitely be less confident. <laughs> but you know, I, I I hope Joe does it. Do you know what I mean? Like we need someone to be, you know, consistent. I'm running back the running back position's a tough one because you know, I remember when we had Jeremy Hill. You know, you look back at him now in sort of negative memories. But his rookie season or the year after one of them, he was running like a train. Yeah, yeah. You know, he just looked like he was unstoppable. And then the next season, he just grounded to a halt. You know, you look at Todd Gurley, you know, the league's best running back by a distance. And he didn't even crack a thousand yards this season. The running back position is tough. You know, it's very susceptible to injuries. It's very dependent on the offensive line. 
on the ski and everything else. But I think we've got a good player with Joe. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to see him take it to the next level next year. Uh, absolutely, I think that's what you need. You want uh, you want to see him get up there into the top two or three of the the league because he's certainly got the talent. Another person, another player that has surpassed a thousand yards this year. Again, quite remarkably, when you think about how awful they've been in 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 parts this year, is Tyler Boyd. Uh, he got a thousand, finished with a thousand and forty six yards. Uh, so again, congratulations to Tyler. Um, you know, a really great guy. We met him when he was over in uh, in London, and thrilled for him really, because you think about he's been injured for a few games. He's been, you know, he's been lacking. And AJ Green, John Ross has been out more than in, and when he has been playing, he's been all over the shop a little bit. You know, Auden Tate's been injured the last three, four games. It's just basically been him in the wide receiver position. So he's been doubled a lot, and yet he's finished with 1,046 yards. So, again, to me, that's amazing. You literally just cut out. Every time you ask me a question, you cut out. <laughs> so you just cut out for a couple of seconds again. Sorry, uh, son. No, I, just, I was just saying about Tyler Boyd. Amazing that he's 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 gone past 1,000 yards. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 I mean, whenever I'm handed in that new deal, he's basically proved that he deserves it. You know, he's a... He's very reliable guy, and I think he's done that as well without having a true number one receiver alongside him. I think that's even more impressive. Is that you know he stepped up into that role. He's not necessarily a stretch the field guy. I think next year if we get AJ Green back, or we you know bring in a guy to really sort of you know can really sort of like open the field up, spread the field a bit. I think it'll only help his development even more. I think he's a very very talented guy. You know you couldn't really ask for a better sort of number two sort of pushing number one wide receiver with Tyler Boyd. Definitely worth the extension, and like you said, a top a top bloke. So you know, out of the wreckage of this awful season, there are some uh, bright spots. I think you know, you look at the defense; they played hungry, they started to click, and they started to get some real pressure on the quarterback, and the coverage looked better. Everything looked better on defense. You know, there's obviously still a long way to go, um, and on offense too. There's still a long way to go, but we'll see. But you know, they certainly, I think. It was good that they won yesterday, just because we needed a bit of a jolt, um, and good for Zach as well. He he hasn't finished up with the most losing team in Bengals history. So, uh, and now we just got to wait for like eight nine months for the next game. I know it's a, it's a brutal off season, isn't it? I, I mean, I was sat there yesterday watching the game, and I was I was buzzing. You know, there was a weird absolutely good round, and you're like, Jesus Christ! And it's literally before you see another competitive game. You got nine months. That's just crazy, isn't it? There's no other sport like it. Absolutely, but I will say this: uh, I do think the off season in Cincinnati is going to be very interesting indeed. You've got obviously the draft that everyone is now looking forward to because they get what they want. Uh, you've got the AJ Green situation. Will they make some moves in free agency? We're hoping they will do. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on, and uh, it's going to be really, really interesting to see. Absolutely. Right now, we're going to talk about uh, Joe Burrow. I've sort of banned chat about Joe Burrow until now. Um, I refuse to get on the hype train for Burrow um, yet. I will be there. Don't worry, but I'm a bit more circumspect. Um, oh, where are you? What are you doing now? I can hear. What are you doing now? Oh, I got tra- I got traffic in the speaker now. Are you walking along the highway? I'm just walking down a, a busier road now, so I'm literally doing my rounds around this neighbourhood, just trying to sort of, you know, oh, okay. keep warm. It's a bit chilly. Okay. A few cars jetting past. Yeah, chilly in LA. Come on. Trying to trying to Come give you the now. full the full experience. Son, I'm trying to give you. I, I like don't, it. Don't, the, the fans don't just want to hear my voice. They want to hear. They want to hear the traffic. They want to hear the crows. I don't want barking at me as I walk past the house. Crows? Are you sure? Um, okay, I've got you. Wait, I, I'm going to set you a task. Before now and the end of the programme, you've got to talk to uh, an LA local and get them on the phone and say hello to Bengals UK fans. <laughs> Mate, there's no one around. I'll, I'll do my best. You've got to go into Starbucks and get your coffee and have a chat to someone. 
Wait, I'll get, I'll get beaten up in there asking people. <laughs> I mean, like, real, like, sort of, like, homeless person's hoodie. You know what I mean? I'll get... No, this is your, I'm after or something. This is your penance. This is, like, this is your fault for going over to LA when we're stuck here and it's, it's dark outside, it's cold, it's miserable. <laughs> so, yeah, we want, to, we want to hear someone, an American person, talk while you're... Before now and the end of the programme. So, yeah, let's talk about Joe Burrow because... Um, as I say, he had quite the game on Saturday night, which has got everyone salivating. Are they right? Now, I didn't. I've just watched a few highlights, but you you saw more of it, didn't you? Are they? Is everyone right to be salivating? You're on this train, aren't you? You're in the buffet car, and you're ready to go on this. Mate, I'm in there. I'm in, I'm in first class. <laughs> so tell. I'm yeah, go on. Then. No, sell, think... sell him to me. Sell him to me. Say it again, Sam. Sell it to me. Tell me, tell me what's going on with Borough, because I, I have refused to watch too much of him. No, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I've only really started sort of. I mean, I've watched all of his highlights this year. I watched them. You know, I've tried to sort of watch as much as I can on him. And I was going to watch the Peach by the other day. It, it, what impresses me the most of him is his composure. Uh, he's very good at sort of a, you know, if anyone's a rushing team, he's very good at stepping up at the pocket, moving. He rushes at the right times. He's not necessarily a rushing quarterback, but he's he's mobile. You know, if he needs to run, he can. And often when he does run, he gets first down. He doesn't just run for the sake of it. So he's a very good decision maker. He's got a lot of swagger. Uh, he comes across as someone who's been you know, popular in the locker room, someone that people want to get behind, which I think is important. And, yeah. um, his arm strength looks good to me. I know people say it's not you know necessarily the biggest arm out there, but it looks like a very good arm. Um, you know, I hope he's still a young guy. He's probably added more juice to that as he, you know, gets a bit older. But I think he looks like a good punch. The only the worry I've got on him is that he's got very, very good receivers. Yeah, Jefferson, Chase, they're very, very good players. He's got a very, very good offensive line. It's a very good team. I mean, you know, you don't throw eight touchdowns on a team by just being a good quarterback. You know, there's more to it than that. I think that's the only question is that he's in a very productive system. Um, you know, if he's playing down a poor offensive line or, you know, his only weapons are Alden Tate and Alex Erickson, how does that look? Yeah, you know, absolutely. and I guess for anyone, the answer is going gonna to be more difficult. But I think he looks very, very good. There's not many knocks on him, to be completely honest. Well, we shall see. Um, will, you be, will you be joying the mob with the pitchforks and the flaming uh, torches down the street if they don't uh, draft Burrow? I think if they just went for, I mean, it, it, the only way I wouldn't, I, I think it'd be a bad decision regardless. But the only way I wouldn't be with a pitchfork and a flaming torch would be if they just didn't take Burrow and just said, oh, we're taking Chase Young or we're taking an offensive tackle or we're taking, you know, another quarterback that we, you know, we yeah. potentially think better, like Justin Herbert or something like that. that. Then I think that would just be, you know, ludicrous. Well, we shall see. Um, of course, the draft is coming up in April. There's, uh, there's still some bowl games. See, I don't really follow college football as, during the season that uh, as much as I perhaps should, but um, there's games left. They've got Have you got ca- college teams, Dan? Um, not, well, sort of Louisville, only because I've been to Louisville a couple of times. So, yeah, and of course they had Teddy and then Lamar, so they were quite good for a little while. Um, they're not so good anymore, but... Um, but yeah, I don't really follow the college game. I just sort of plug in when it's draft time. I find that uh, the NFL is enough for me. Yeah, I'm Northern Illinois. It's my team. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy I was trying to pick a team. I tried to find a team to follow back, you know, about ten years ago. And they had a guy called Nathan Parler playing for them. So I've got to go for that, and I. Yes, I think you are. Well, we'll talk about the draft. There's going to be lots of chat about the draft coming up. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's kind of the season's over now. Uh, looking forward to free agency. I think that's opening like March 1st or something like that. So um, time, time tends to whiz by a little bit. But uh, we have got some correspondence uh, for our final um, podcast of the year final podcast of the decade if you want to put it like that even though we've only been going two years uh, and we've got some correspondences because this is what it's all about getting you guys involved out there uh, let's start with Matt Moon at Matt Moon 
Glad that Eifert made it through a whole season finally. It's going to be an interesting off-season. But if we do pick Burrow and we want to start next season, we can't afford to have Green and Mixon both unresolved before OTAs. Now, obviously, Mixon's got another year to go, so there's a little bit of wiggle room with Mixon. But certainly, AJ... Um, yeah, that needs to be sorted out quick. And he, he does make a really interesting point about Eifert. It was great to see Eifert complete a whole season. But have you noticed how much more Taylor and Callahan have been using the tight ends in the last three or four games? And I think that's made a real difference, not just to the running games, but we are actually playing to our strengths, which has always been the tight end position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were knocking CJ's armour on the podcast, you know, the other week, and we perhaps had not seen as much as we would have liked out of him, you know, once he's taken his deal. But, you know, the last two weeks, he stepped up, he played well, he got the touchdown yesterday. And, you know, like Matt says, massive credit to Tyler Ice, but he you know, finishes the season, he's involved. You know, I'd like to put Ice back again. I think, you know, hopefully he can build on that. He's still, still a physical guy. He's got very, very good catch radius, good hands, you know. Good guy in the locker room. I think you know if you can get him on a good deal. I don't. I, I think that's a good unit going forward. You know, nothing, nothing too flashy or too special, but I think it's a reliable part of the team. Yeah, it's been lovely to see him. I don't think he's going to be back, but we'll see. I think New England or Seattle might be. You, you don't think he will? Did you say? No, I don't think he will. I think someone's going to snap him up. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, ben Wintle at Shabba underscore Dabba. Um, Solid handle. <laughs> Happy New Year, boys. Has Lou done enough to save his job in the last six weeks? Also, who are you following for the playoffs? I am rooting for the Seahawks. I go Seahawks as well. I do love the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson's an incredible player. You know, Pete Carroll's a good guy. They've got Marshall and Lynch back there. I'd love to see the Seahawks. Uh, love to see the Seahawks with it. Um, I, I think regular listeners will know I've been tipping the Titans for a bit of a run although I don't necessarily think they're going to win but I quite like the underdog and uh, they are a mean football team and Derek Henry is an absolute unit um, he's a big lad he's, he's nearly as big as you Derek Henry I know he's like Honestly, me mate, he's a big lad. he plays the way I play frankly <laughs> joking um, <laughs> AJ Brown as well looks great Tannehill's having a playing out of his knockers you know what I mean it's like where does this come from um, so um, I don't think they go I, th- I still you know the Chiefs <clears throat> are there to be beat the Ravens are there to be beat uh, the Packers you forget they've just finished 13 and 3 um, I don't know. It's kind of wide open. It's going to be. It's going to be fun. I think. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Actually, um, I, I tell you what, Mike Mike Vrabel's done a hell of a job in Tennessee as well. He's really turned them around. Fair absolutely. Play uh, one bit of news that I must mention: uh, the Bengals have signed uh, Canadian Football League interceptions leader, leader uh, defensive back Winston Rose. Uh, apparently, he chose us over Philadelphia, which is. Quite remarkable, really, but fair play to him. He must like Skyline or Gold Star, I think. Um, but yeah, he plays for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and he signed for us. So uh, that's the first move in the off season. Exciting news. Um, bah, 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 bah. Uh, what else can I say? Um, after their collective, this is John Lucarotti at Living Levida Luca. Um, after their collective heroics, solid handle. It is a solid handle from John, I think. Uh, after their collective heroics over the last few weeks, surely it's time for Nathan, are you listening, to concede that his negative takes on Mixon and Bullock were well off the mark. Also, I'll be in Vegas for the draft <laughs> in April, so we'll need a Bengals UK expense account set up if that's okay. Well, unfortunately, John, I think Nathan's <laughs> just spunked all the expense account on his various holidays everywhere. Um, but yes, um, we're actually going to... I don't know if John knows this yet, but I'm going to actually ring him up during our draft uh, weekend coverage. So you'll be hearing from John live from Las Vegas um, in the... Uh, when is it? End of April? End of April, I think. Anyway, so come on then... Um, you know, Mixon's had a great season. We've talked about him quite a lot. Uh, Bullock. Bullock's... Randy... Big old Randy's had a good... 
Uh, a good season, I think. Capped off for that incredible 57-yarder. We haven't even spoken about that yet. Mate, the geezers... I, mean, I tell you what, with Randy Bullock, right? I still think... I still think... I'll give him slightly above average now. I'll still give him above that. But you've got to give credit to the geezer. You know what I mean? I mean he's played probably... I, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but his, his stats this year have got to be better almost any year in his career it's a really like odd one the only thing I would say and this is what I think is important is when you kick him for a team with one win or no wins there's no pressure on the stadium's half empty you know of course you're playing for your job but it's different you know different if you're like Mr. Crosby last night for the Packers and you're a 51 yarder and you know the crowd's going wild and the pressure's on and there's a you know a first round buy on the stakes and I think you know, that's the thing that would worry me a little bit with Bullock, but I guess, you know, with any kicker. But fair play to him. He's deserved his spot on the roster next year. I think everyone always wants to bring in, like, a younger, sort of more dynamic kicker that you could roll out from, you know, regularly from 50-plus, and you'd have confidence in his leg. I mean, everyone really would want someone like Justin Tucker on the team. But, you know, Randy's proved he can kick from there. Can he do it consistently? I, I'm not too sure. But, you know, you've got to take your house to the geezer. Indeed. Good old Randy. Uh, Memphis Soul Stewart. Stuart Baird, 688. Hello, Stuart. Uh, was great to end the season with a smile on our faces, but I don't believe you can carry momentum to next season. If we draft a Q new QB, it all starts again, plus all the other changes, free agency, etc. Uh, I've got the 49ers and Ravens in the Super Bowl. Hopefully they both lose. <laughs> well, there we go. Um yeah, I know what he means. I, I do think momentum into the next season uh, is a bit of a misnomer, but I do think you know the players that are there previously will carry it through. It's just a good feeling. It's more for the fan base, I think, and the coaches, you know, because they're going to be there next season. Um, but he's right; there will be some major changes on this roster. I think Carlos Dunlap. Uh, put out a tweet saying you know they're all going out for dinner last night because they know all their old mates in the locker room they're all going out on the lash last night um but that locker room may well be very different next year and they understand that and they understand why which is cool but we might see you know much much different kind of roster next year we kind of need to in a way yeah, I mean, you know, the, I mean, lots amongst the, the positivity in this podcast, you know, we were the worst team in the NFL this year. You know, that's why you get the number one overall selection. And, you know, rightfully yeah. so. I mean, you know, you, you're saying that Zach Taylor's not going to go. It doesn't look like we're going to make any coaching changes that are too obvious. So I think, you, you know, you do have to look. that there, There's problems on this team. You know, we, we've been better in the second half of the season, for sure. You know, we have, you know, the, the performances have been better, the individuals have stepped up, but I don't think we'd be foolish to let that narrative, you know, move us to next year, but oh, actually we'll be okay because, you know, if the season carried on, I still think we're a, you know, well under 500 team in terms of the talent and the coaches that we've got on the team, and there does need to be some changes. You know, some veterans may well lose their jobs. There's, you know, there's, I think we really need to have a long, hard look at that roster. And as positive as we can be, you know, people have played well. We were the worst team in the NFL, and there's no sugarcoat in that. Absolutely right. Uh, Phil Hatton at Bengal Blue Boy. Sign AJ and Mixon to three- and four-year deals at the going rate. Add Burrow 2020 could be decent. And I think that's the point. I, th I think AJ might be gone, to be honest with you. But I, I, I think they're going to... I do think they're going to... I think they're been really impressed with Mixon's off the field sort of attitude and leadership in the locker room I think I think there's a really good chance that it was that they're going to extend Mixon uh, I'm not so confident about AJ yeah I think with AJ I think it's going to be a tag and trade type job I think they'll tag in on the basis that he's not just going to hold the whole season out um, because I don't think his agent really benefiting sitting the season now. You don't get paid if you do that. So I think for AJ, you tag him and you probably see if anyone else around the league is willing to give you a third round, maybe a second round pick for him. Um, and that, you know, with the commitment that they would sign into a longer term deal. I just, I, and the Bengals have certainly got the money, but it's just whether they want to pay, you know, an exorbitant amount 
to give him because let's be honest let's be honest the Bengals next year quite possibly the year after are not realistic Super Bowl contenders and I think for someone like AJ if you're someone like the Saints or you're someone like uh, the Seahawks or someone that potentially could use a wide receiver but there's well you know in that sort of window of you know we've got a chance to win a Super Bowl someone like AJ Green he's a luxury person that could come in you know even if he doesn't play his best or he you know there's a few games where he's out injured that's someone that could you know put you over the top and you'd be willing to spend the money on and I think ultimately that's probably going to be how this situation plays out yeah absolutely but I think I think it what is clear there are some pieces there but you know as you say we statistically uh, in terms of record we are the worst in the NFL uh, and we do need to uh, address that quite savagely I think in the off season Martin Caladine at Ugly Game given the Ravens went 14-2 and with 22 year old Lamar Jackson and given Big Ben will be back and Baker will have a new coach next year, what else besides Joe Burrow do we need to get those 12 extra wins next season? And he does that <laughs> kind of 12 extra wins in inverted commas. Um, as we said, Martin, I think you know you need to look at the offensive line. Uh, you need to get people back healthy. Uh, you need... I think we're going to have to look, have to have a look at the wide receiver and the cornerback uh, position, perhaps even the safety. We need another linebacker or two, I would say. Uh, I think we probably need another pass rusher just to be safe. Uh, you know, there's a lot. Uh, there's. I know what Martin's getting at because he's not. A fa- he's not a fan of Zach Taylor at all. So, I would assume Martin's answer would be to get rid of him, get Ron Rivera or Mike McCarthy in, but. Uh, that's not going to happen. So I think I think we're uh, I'm going to say stuck with Zach Taylor, but I'm I'm okay with that. And I know Martin and a few other fans aren't out there. But yeah, we're going to have to attack it from every which way: trade, draft, free agency, the whole works. It's got to be it's got to be something that we've not seen from the Bengals before, and that is uh, something quite aggressive. Yeah, I think I think a playmaker on offense for me would be what we need. And if that's just re-signing AJ Green and rolling him out there, then that's fine. I think more than anything, yeah, you know, obviously we need players on the team. You know, there definitely needs to be talent added, and it cannot be, you know, Kerry Wynn, BW Webb type standard of players. It needs to be starters with talent. You know, we might need to go out there, even if it's just one guy. There's a bit of a statement signing that we pay a lot of money to, and we roll the dice on him. And be it a lineman, be it an offense, you know, be it a, um, a wide receiver, whoever it is. I just think we need someone to pair with Burrow that gives him that sort of um, that real sort of A grade weapon. Because I think if you've got someone like Green, if you've got someone like Boyd, and you've got Mixon, there's a real sort of, you know, there's a sort of, like a, a sort of wealth of talent there. And I think for a rookie quarterback, you know, you need to give him that. You need to give him some pieces that he can use that you can't just to be saying, well, Alden Tate played quite well when he was healthy and just think that's going to be enough. We, well, I think we really need to add a weapon. But the other thing, more than anything, I think this is more important than anything, is the team playing with the same energy and cohesion and attitudes as they did yesterday in the last few games. You know, there was times at the start of the season when it looked lost, where the play calling looked poor, you know, where it really, you know, there was some real in-game management decisions that were questionable and I think it, more than anything there is already some good talent on that team I just think we need to see it utilised properly and you know really the, the attitude and the effort and the, the sort of you know the chemistry in the locker room to be as good as possible because ultimately that's what can really you know differentiate a team I agree uh, Duncan Eden at Slam Dunk the Funk Solid Handle Secondly with Mixon Boyd Tate John Ross the third and maybe AJ, we look good on offense. This is boosted by Jonah returning. Defense looks better now. It's settled. It's all about the draft now. If you can wish everyone a happy new year, that would be perfect. Well, we will do it at the end of the program, Duncan. But about a very happy new year to you. Um, just a few more questions left. Uh, let's have a look. Um, Jamie has got three um, uh, questions for us. Uh, Jamie Rowe that is at Trequart Beaster uh, was the 2010s a success for the Bengals it's a good question 
It is a good question. I think probably, I, I think by a whisker you probably say yes. I mean, there's no playoff wins. I mean, if you said that at the start of the decade, you couldn't really class that as being successful. But I think you know. There were some very, very good years. There some exciting years. You know, we had some very, very good players. Um, and we, I, I think I wouldn't know this off the top of my head, but I would, I would think that we end the decade with a winning record, which is something. Well, you um, say that, Nathan. But no, it's, it's, uh, are we under a week? Well, it's, it has been a decade of two halves, actually. Um, so in 2010, we finished uh, four and twelve. Uh, 2011, we bounced back, and that was the first of our five playoff. The year before that, in 2009, we finished 10 and 6 and went uh, to the playoffs. Uh, well, we lost, obviously. Um, uh, but 2010, it was 4 and 12. 2011, 9 and 7, then 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 10, 5 and 1, and 12 and 4. So that was the golden sort of five year period. Then it went down here from 2016. Yeah. Uh, six nine and one seven and nine six and ten and now two and fourteen so it really was uh a, a kind of a decade of two halves i think and uh difficult to say really whether that's success or not yes i think those five years uh were brilliant because we were relevant and yes it was uh a bit of a a nightmare but uh in terms of not winning a playoff game but to actually get there i think that is an achievement in itself and you look at the the teams all around the league now that can't get in. You look at San Diego, for instance, terrific last year, uh, but just couldn't string it together this year. The Rams last year, terrific last year, couldn't do it again. So for Marvin and his staff to get a team to the playoffs five years in a row, albeit the first round, I think that is uh, that is worth celebrating. So. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean. We're already like almost half a decade into a whole, you know, five years worth of losing seasons. You know, so it's amazing how quickly, how quickly things can turn around. Really, it does my nut in those playoff <laughs> um, wins because, like, well, I remember that. Yeah, you know, we always talk about the Steelers game that fourth down for the Steelers. The pass gets dropped. You win the game. It's completely. You look at the era a completely different way. You look at the thumb injuries of Dortmund. But you also look, and this is one thing that no one ever remembers, that year that, I think it was the year Dortmund hurt his thumb. I'm, I'm, if I'm right in saying, the Chargers played the Broncos, and the Broncos were right in there for the, um, as the year Peyton Manning was playing, I believe. And they were right in there for the bye. And I remember if the Chargers had beaten the Broncos in that game, we'd have got the bye. So we'd have been straight through to the next round anyway. Yeah, not yeah, not right. that class is winning as a game, but you know, you'd have been further into the process, one game closer to the Super Bowl. I always remember it was a really tight game with the Broncos, I think, eked it out. But I, I remember watching it being like, to me, this is almost like a playoff game. You know, they, they win this, the Chargers win this and give us that bye. You know, we're in the sort of divisional round. So it's, it's quite exciting looking at that. But, you know, let's just hope for a better 2020s. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie also asks about uh, uh, Andy Dalton, if there's any kind of future with the Bengals. We've already spoken about that. What are you doing for New Year's? Well, I'm going to have a quiet one. I've had a quite a tough year, so I'm going to be back with my mum and eating uh, food and watching telly and cracking over the uh, cracking open the amaretto, and it's going to be me, the dog, and my mum uh, just hanging out and taking it easy. I mean, I'll probably be in bed by eleven. The last time we spoke, son, you said you were going to an underground rave in Shoreditch. What happened with that? Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's now an underground rave uh, in the village that my <laughs> mum lives in. Um, so, yeah, pretty quiet. But I would imagine that you're going to have a pretty rowdy one, as per. No, we're just uh, going, we've been put, taking, uh, going with a wife to get a hotel in um, down in Santa Monica, just down in central LA, and we're just going to go around there, do a bit of bar hopping, see what he's saying. Good. Very good. Uh, now then, Andrew Dockerell at Dockers77. Okay, there, there, there's a lot of uh, sub-questions to this big question. Highlight of the decade. What was your highlight of the decade? Uh, draft class of the decade. Predict the Super Bowl teams. We've just kind of had a bit of a chat about that. And bold prediction for the off-season. Paul, do an Ed, Ed Orgeron impression. I don't think I know... Uh, uh, I don't know Ed Orgeron well enough. I can't do that. No, I don't. Um, uh, so, yeah, highlight of the decade, and I'll talk about the draft class. How about that? You think about 
highlight of the decade while I talk about the draft class. Um, so let's go back to I think my favorite. I mean, the 2018 one was actually pretty good. Billy Price, Jesse Bates, Sam Hubbard, uh, Malik Jefferson, Mark Walton. In, Devontae Harris is still out there with the Broncos. Andrew Brown is still on the team. Darius Phillips is still on the team. Auden Tate is still on the team. Price was a bust, I think. I think we can... Well, it's probably a bit too soon, maybe. I don't know. I don't know whether he's going to last in Cincinnati, Billy Price. But Jesse Bates and Sam Hubbard, definite bullseyes there. Um, 2017, John Ross, Joe Mixon, Jordan Willis, uh, Carl Lawson, Josh Malone, Ryan Glasgow, Jay Kelly. We mentioned him. Uh, Brandon Wilson. Pretty good draft, that. That's pretty good. I mean, Jordan Willis is gone. Josh Malone is gone, but Glasgow's still there. Lawson's still there. Mixon's still there. John Ross is still there just about. Uh, 2016, William Jackson, Tyler Boyd, Nick Vigil, Andrew Billings. So those top four are still there. That You know, uh, Fedulum in the, in the seventh round. Um, uh, that was a pretty good draft as well. Uh, 2015 was the one that was the worst, I think. That's... Uh, Cedric Aboy, Jake Fisher, Tyler Croft, Paul Dawson, Josh Shaw, Marcus Hardison, CJ Zoma, Darren Smith, Marriott Orford, and of course only uh, CJ is left really from that draft. Shocking draft. Eh? That was the one mm. that set us back four or five years, I would say. Uh, Twenty fourteen, Darquez Denard, Jeremy Hill, Will Clark, Bodine, McCarran. Now, that was a pretty average one as well. Only Denard out of that lot is with us. Pretty bad, that one as well, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, 2013 was a good one. Tyler Eifert, Giovanni Bernard, Margus Hunt, who's still in the league with the Colts, I believe, Sean Williams, um, and then not so good. So, yeah, it was that was an average one. Rex Burkhead was in that draft as well. 2012, Kirkpatrick Zeitler, uh, Devin Still, Mohamed Sanu... Uh, Marvin Jones that was a good one on paper but only Dre is with us uh, from that one and then you look at uh, 2011 AJ Green and then Andy Dalton in that one-two punch the the kind of thing that you spoke about with Burrow Burrow would love to have that other guy that skill position guy to really have that connection AJ and Andy came into the league together and and had a fantastic career Um, 2010 was quite a good one Gresham Dunlap Shipley, Brandon Gee, Gino Atkins. Uh, so, you know, lots of mixed bags there. But I am actually going to go with, uh, weirdly, what am I going to go for? Either last year or 2017, I think, in terms of all-round uh, uh, quality. Um but yeah, so there you go. So what's your moment of the decade, have you ever think? I want to say <clears throat> Denver Broncos game. Peyton Manning was playing. I think it was at Paul Brown Stadium. It was in prime time. And obviously the Bengals, you know, never get that prime time um, sort of monkey off the back. And I remember Peyton Manning threw it to the outside. Um, Drake Kirkpatrick stepped in front of it, took it to the house. Um, Bengals won the game and I think that was a real sort of moment you know I remember going absolutely berserk in my living room at you know about three or four o'clock in the morning um, I would say I would say the game against the Steelers that comeback that's probably the happiest I've felt yeah, when Berthick got that interception and McCarran threw the pass to Green I think that was probably the happiest I felt followed by the worst I felt oh, in the yeah, decade right. proper um, roller coaster but I think yeah, but probably the highest was that game against Denver. I can't remember. I think it either got us into the playoffs or it got us, you know, won us the division or something. But it, I remember it being a significant um, game to win in prime time against the, the Denver team that I believe, again, I might be wrong, that went on to win the Super Bowl. So uh, I think my any time that we beat the Steelers uh, is always a good thing. And we did. We did beat the Steelers on a few occasions. Um, I think for me, that game against Seattle in 2015 at home when we were down to make a statement because they were I think they were reigning either Super Bowl champions or maybe they were I can't remember but uh, and we just came back and had the perfect second half and that catch and pass and catch from Dalton to Eifert was just incredible I would also say any sort of tip ball Hail Mary job from AJ Green against the Ravens that was always (laughs) hilarious Um, 
and also there's one a really good one against the Browns. That incredible play against uh, uh, I can't remember who it was when Jerome Simpson went, you know, did the whole somersault thing. That was quite cool. Uh, Mohamed Sanu throwing. Arizona. It was Arizona. Uh, Mohamed Sanu throwing that incredible pass to AJ Green against Washington. You know, there's been quite yeah. a few. We, we've been, you know, obviously the last four years have been terrible. Uh, but during those five years, that were fun. Let's hope the good times return. Uh, one final question. You've still got to talk to a person there, Nathan. Um, I'm currently in a kid, a, a deserted kids' playground, mate. There's no people oh, well, here. Well, I don't want you to go approaching <laughs> just random children because you might, you know, that's not good, really. Um, uh, Mike Smith at solid underscore handle. Which Bengals of the solid two, handle? Which Bengals of the 2010s make the all-time Bengals roster? Uh, I'm saying Geno Atkins. I'm saying AJ Green. I'm saying AJ Green. Certainly, we've got some good receivers. I think I'd have sort of Chad Johnson, AJ Green. I'd have Isaac Curtis. Um, you know, there's three off the bat right there, and you can sort of go through Eddie Brown and Carl Pickens and, you know, TJ Hushmanzada or old chum TJ. Um, you know, there's lots there. Um, I think Dunlap might be in with a shout. We're not, we've never been massive on pass rushers. Kev um, uh, Hooper's got a chat. Well, maybe not. Actually, no. I think I think Gino and AJ would be a good shout from this decade. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Well, uh, other moments that we should sort of say moments of the decade. Of course, this was the first time that you know many Bengals fans in the UK got to see their team live uh, when they came over to to play at Wembley in 2016 then again last year so they were two certainly fantastic football moments and non-football moments because uh, and also just for us starting Bengals UK and uh, meeting so many friends and uh, having so much fun and doing this podcast I mean some golden moments on this podcast haven't they really Nathan yeah, some incredible moments, son. You know, the part. Do you think? Do you think this podcast would be the highlight for the Bengals of the of the uh, the last decade? <laughs> well, if you compare it to this year's season, I think probably uh, it's got a chance, really. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've done things that we've never sort of dreamed about doing, really. So we, I just want to say thank you for uh, at the end of this year because we have had an incredible year. Not least, I'm not going to say decade because, as I said at the top of the show, we've only been going for a three or four years but um, you know certainly this year has been incredible really we're still the sixth most followed NFL fan group in the UK on Twitter which is astonishing we uh, you know we've got access to players that we you know we're very privileged to kind of bring you players and heroes that we never thought we'd be able to talk to in our lifetimes Uh, so I hope you enjoy that and do let us know who you want to want to be on the podcast in the coming year, we're going to be sort of broadcasting intermittently, uh, well, pretty much all through the way to the Super Bowl, and then we're going to, obviously, it's going to be a, a bit of here, there, and everywhere. But tell us who you want to hear on the podcast. Who who are your heroes? Who do you want on the podcast? And what do you want to hear on? What do you want us to do on the podcast? Um, so we've had a really fantastic year. Zach Taylor was amazing. Recording at Wembley was amazing. Going to meet the players at... Uh, their training, you know, the Saracens rugby ground was amazing. Uh, meeting everyone in the pub and having that experience was amazing. And just being in contact with you guys on a weekly basis, that's pretty incredible, I'd say, wouldn't you, Nathan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been so many good experiences, I think, you know, for us. I think, the, the, you know, the, the meetups in the Admiralty uh, for the games, I mean, I think the first one when, you know, you saw a pub full of, 500 Bengals fans and I remember like you know me being a Bengals fan for about what sort of 10-15 years now like when I first started out being a Bengals fan Twitter didn't exist and you know you literally didn't know one other Bengals fan around the country for quite a few years and to be sat there in the Admiralty with 500 people Ken Anderson you know um, Anthony Munoz people like that walking around was just a surreal experience I think for me that was undoubtedly one of the greatest experiences I've had as a fan 
absolutely um so really thank you guys for supporting us thank you for listening certainly this year through the toughest of times uh, on the field but i hope we've uh, made it uh, some way bearable and given you guys a platform to air your views and anger and jokes and silly things and we'll continue to do the same in 2020 and hopefully the team uh, will be better because i tell you what it, just imagine you know this podcast if we were doing well it would be amazing wouldn't it we'd be in a much better mood but um yeah um we can't thank you guys enough uh we will be having a meetup around the draft weekend in april so we'll we'll uh we'll obviously let you know and another no doubt meetup in the summer might even be something sooner uh, than that but we'll we'll let you know um so until that moment dear friends um, oh yeah we'll be back next week to start reviewing the season we'll be going through our players of the year and all that but obviously this is the last podcast of 2019 so it only remains for me to say it's a who day and a happy new year from me and a who day and happy new year from me cheers guys and it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.